Hey friends, Hannah here with the Practically Well podcast, where I will be bringing you amazing holistic guests to educate, inspire, and empower you to live your healthiest, fullest life in a practical way. As an acupuncturist and coach, I believe that the mind and body are deeply connected and that when we can tap into these natural reservoirs within ourselves and heal, anything is possible. So it is my goal to bring you a variety of transformative topics and practices to the table in a simple, digestible way so that you can break down old barriers, seek out new holistic methods, and up-level your mindset and life so that you can get wherever you want to go. It is all in your hands, and I'm here to be your guide. So let's get started. Hey friends, and welcome to another beautiful day on the Practically Well podcast. So today's topic is something that I am quickly becoming insanely passionate about. And it's something that's really shaping who I am as a practitioner and a human and just deepening my understanding of my own body and the human body in general in ways that I just did not see coming. (laughs) Uh, And the topic for today is menstruation and birth control in particular. So, of course, as it is with so many things in life, coming to this realization and awakening occurred because of my own personal experience. And so I want to share my experience with my cycle and birth control and the Western medical model for you today so that if you're someone who's been dealing with period issues your whole life, you have some info. So you have some maybe more resources. You you know that you're not alone. Because the way we're taught about our periods is not accurate. It's just not. And you can choose to learn about this vastly wise and integral part of your system and take back control of your health if you so desire. So here we go. Let's start with my my journey, <laughs> my period journey. So I first got my period when I was about 13, and at the time, I was definitely a little freaked out about it. Um, You know, my mom had talked to me about it a bit and gave me some books to read, so I kind of, you know, knew how to put in a tampon and all these things. And I went into it with the expectation that it was going to be uncomfortable and a burden and something that I would just kind of have to live with. And this expectation I had in my head by the way, it was not the fault of my mother or books or anything else. I had just never observed anyone in my life at that point who hadn't had issues with their period. You know, my mom and many other women that I knew at the time had suffered with terrible pain and cysts rupturing and having to go to the hospital and, you know, just so many different issues. And so I just thought pain and discomfort and maybe bad pain if it got bad was just the deal. So I didn't think twice about that for most of my life. It was just, you know, that time of the month equals, and that's just how I thought that it was. So my periods were always heavy. Uh, One time in particular, when I was a a young teen, I remember it took, I think, a 30-minute nap. And in that time, I bled through a maxi pad and all over my parents' couch so we had to get a new couch soon after that. And I, oh, I felt so terrible. And, you know, my periods were always heavy. I had lots of cramping and clotting. I, you know, I would just definitely feel like kind of tired and cranky. And 
you know, I quickly started kind of dreading when that time of the month came around once I had had a few cycles. So once I got to a point where I was sexually active, and I think it might have even been before then, I, honestly, I can't remember. It was late teens, um, like end of high school, I think. I was told that, you know, I should probably be on birth control, which seemed reasonable enough. And my gyno also told me that the pill would regulate my cycle and get rid of my period symptoms. So I was like, hell yeah, let's fucking go. This sounds like pure magic. (laughs) So started taking the pill. My periods did get lighter, which I was pleased with. However, I still had cramping and now I was starting to gain weight and feeling more sluggish and you know, starting to feel emotional and insecure about the weight that I was gaining that seemed to be for no reason. So I talked to my doctor and she said, let's just try another kind of pill instead. So my pill was switched and I was hopeful that the problem was just solved. However, you know how this goes. <laughs> On this pill, my emotions went completely downhill and I felt weepy and emotional and, and frankly kind of crazy much of the time. And I also started having more acne breakouts and I just didn't feel right. So I went back to my doctor. This time she put me on the Nuva Ring. That seemed to work okay. My emotions were still kind of crazy, but it was better than before. So that had to be the right option for me, right? Wrong. First off, It never stayed in place no matter matter how many times I reinserted it, and it fell out and got lost on more than one sexual encounter. It also just was a hassle to have to go to the store, buy them, refrigerate them, and make sure that they're at the perfect temperature. And, you know, when I was going on vacations, it happened a couple times that I had to, like, make sure I had a separate cooler to store my Nuva rings. Otherwise, they would become unviable. So... That was just an annoyance in general. But then after being in the Nuva Ring for about a year, I had a month where I bled heavily every single day and was so weak from blood loss that I had to start taking iron supplements for a while. So again, I went back to the doctor. And this time she gave me an arm implant where they insert this little stick. It's like this little plastic stick, kind of like a matchstick looking thing under your skin, on your inner arm. This one was a real winner. (laughs) I had cramps and pain so bad that I almost went to the ER on more than one occasion. And it completely killed my libido to the point where I felt actually dead inside. Then when they went to remove it because of all these symptoms, they first of all didn't numb me properly. And second, when they cut my arm open, they found that the device had buried itself under scar tissue from the initial insertion. So they had to dig around in my arm for several minutes to retrieve it. And I felt the entire thing. After that, I took a short break from birth control and I felt a bit better. My periods were still heavy with lots of cramping. And my doctor told me that if I wanted to be like getting this issue solved, that I should really get back on some form of birth control. And I knew that I didn't want the depot shot because every girl I've ever talked to who had it gained like at least 40 pounds. So I decided to try the IUD. 
And I was definitely nervous to have something implanted in my body again because after the last time, you know, that was a little bit of a traumatic experience. And I just, it, the thought of it just made my body tense up. But in that moment, I thought, well, what choice do I have? You know, I didn't want to worry about getting pregnant at this time. And I needed help, I thought, regulating my cycle. So I went for it. So when you get the IUD put in, they give you a pill the night before, which is supposed to dilate your uterus so that it's easier to insert the IUD. And they were not kidding. I now have an idea of what early labor pain feels like, and I have never had a child. Because I, you know, I guess I suppose you don't actually know until you're in it, but feeling your uterus dilate, like actually physically feeling it, probably pretty similar. So with that being said, um, you know, I was in a ton of pain and that night and the next morning. And so Sean drove me to the doctor because I couldn't drive myself. And the process of insertion was one of the most painful things I've ever been through. And the doctor told me to take some Motrin and rest and that it should be over soon. And it was not over soon. <laughs> the, I would say, excruciating pain lasted for two days and I had to cancel work and literally wanted to crawl out of my skin. And I ended up calling my doctor asking if there was any stronger pain medication, even just like a pill or two because Motrin was not doing it. And they told me, no, just take more Motrin and just drink some water and wait for it to pass. Eventually it did. Though at this point in my life, you know, I was, it was last year and I was, you know, obviously very in touch with my body and my energy and it felt bizarre to know that there was like a foreign body lodged inside of me. And after it was inserted, I bled for about three straight months and had to start taking the iron supplements again. Um, eventually the bleeding stopped and things felt okay for about a month or so although I was still having random shots of pain, um, and that pain concerned me. But every time I went to the doctor, they told me that the IUD was in place. There was nothing to worry about. This is just a normal side effect. Just being in pain is a normal side effect. Then, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> then the pain during sex started. And let me tell you, there is nothing less fun than having great sex and then suddenly out of nowhere having pain that feels like someone's stabbing a knife up into your vagina. I never knew when it was going to happen. And after it did, it would generally go away in a couple of minutes. But then this one time it happened and it literally felt like the IUD was being reinserted <laughs> and I almost went to the hospital. I ended up making an emergency appointment with my gyno for the next morning and ended up just passing out from exhaustion. And the next morning when I went to see her, I was still in really bad pain and she told me that we should probably remove the IUD. So that was insanely painful on top of the pain I was already feeling. And once it was out, she informed me that she thought I had endometriosis. So I said, okay what do I do about this? And she said, well, we can't confirm it unless you have surgery. But the options are to either have surgery, which, you know, I might have it, I might not. 
And that surgery, by the way, my insurance didn't cover and was, she said, going to be about $20,000. Or my other option was to take hormone shots that would put me into early menopause at the tender young age of 28, almost 29. So I said, okay, well, what if I don't do either of those things? And she said, well, then there's a significant chance of infertility. So for someone who cannot wait to have children someday and was in crazy pain and having intense hormone surges, I literally got in the car and fell apart. And this is when things started shifting. So one of my amazing friends who I actually interviewed on this podcast a few months ago, Trish Hayes, is a pelvic physical therapist. And right after I got this information, I sought out her advice you know, based on this diagnosis. And she strongly urged me to come see her, you know, for an evaluation, maybe a few sessions before I made a decision one way or another. And at this point, I was desperate to try anything. So I said, let's do it. And, you know, it's so funny, every, every experience I've had with a holistic doctor has always just been the same. It's been wonderful. I felt safe and instantly reassured and relaxed. And it was exactly that way. You know, I, ca- I came from a bright doctor's office sitting on a cold exam room table with fluorescent lights being told that I was either going to have to have surgery I couldn't afford or go into early menopause or be infertile. And then I came into this holistic doctor's office and it was such a lovely shift. You know, she, the room, I mean, I know aesthetics are only one part of it, but when, when you're going through something like this and you walk into a cozy room and somebody, you know, is kind to you and gives you multiple options and, and takes it one step at a time, it, it literally calmed everything down for me. And so she evaluated me and said, you know, there's always a chance it could be endometriosis. We don't know unless, you know, you do that surgery, but I really don't think that's what it is. And she said what she thought based on her analysis was that I had what's called a hypertonic pelvic floor. So you know how women do kegels or kegels or however you pronounce it to make their pelvic floors tighter, like those little exercises you do? Yeah, I I don't need that, (laughs) apparently. I need to do the opposite of that. So I saw her for several treatments, and I got a pelvic wand that kind of looks like a skinny dildo to do pressure point exercises at home to relax the pelvic floor. And I practiced deep pelvic breathing, you know, while having sex outside of that just in general and and did some yoga poses to relax my pelvic floor. And guess what? Since then, I have only had one bout of pain during sex and it lasted for about four seconds and then just went away. And it was like a three out of 10. So it was all starting to make sense. Of course I was having pain. I had a tailbone that was out of whack from an injury years ago that pushed my pelvic floor out of place because those two are connected. Fun fact that I didn't know until this year. And it caused it to tense up. And I also have a history of sexual abuse, which my body was clearly still holding on to and making it more tight. And And then we stuck a foreign object up there. How could I not be in pain? It's like, it's so crazy that it just makes sense. But 
I just never had the information. So the pelvic PT solved the pain issue. And I will tell everyone until the end of time (laughs) to go get that work done because it will change your life. But the most recent thing that's been going on is hormone imbalance. And yes, you know, being a bit burned out from work recently didn't help matters, but I felt like it was something more than that. And, you know, taking care of that is its own thing. But, you know, I I had hormones in my body, synthetic hormones for over a decade, and now I didn't have them anymore. And so my body was showing me how off kilter it had become. You know, like things, things I never over the last couple months, things I never have had issues with, like sleep or regular bowel movements, like were giving me trouble. And I think I cried and like cried, not just like normal emotion cried, but like something is wrong, cried more in the last two months than I ever have ever. (laughs) And, you know, I felt anxious a lot and I was even starting to feel depressed sometimes and I'm, which is not me at all. You know, I, I, it's not something that I've ever dealt with before and it felt very quick and very intense, which was scary. So that's when I started looking into the science behind birth control because all of this was starting after I got off of it. So I started looking into birth control. I started looking into my hormones and other holistic ways to help balance myself back out. So with all of that research I've been doing, here's what shocks me the most. Well, there's many things (laughs) about this whole thing that shock me, but this is a really big one. Women all over the world are told from such a young age that birth control will protect them from pregnancy and rid them of their period symptoms. And the pregnancy part is true, although I have known some friends to get pregnant while on birth control, but, you know, it's always a chance. But the other part, the the fixing and regulating your period part, this, my friends, is complete and utter crap because birth control's purpose is to stop ovulation so that fertilization can be prevented. But what they're not telling us is many things. And here's just a couple of them. Number one, ovulation is a natural and deeply necessary body process. It helps to produce and regulate many hormones that we need for everyday health, for digestion, for immunity, for sleep, for emotional regulation, for physical stability, like so many things. And ovulation is one of the key things that makes those hormones so that our bodies can function. So number two, stopping ovulation, stopping this process essentially cuts your body off from being able to function normally and do all the things it's supposed to do to be in health, which is why women get all kinds of crazy symptoms like their hair falling out or crazy hormone breakouts or weight gain or severe, severe emotional fluctuations or insomnia, you know, like just so many things. Number three, when your cramps or heavy bleeding or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to get rid of goes away when you're on the pill, the pill didn't cure that. 
it didn't take away those symptoms. It merely masked it. So whatever is systemically going on inside will still be there. And the second you come off the birth control, usually all of that comes flooding back, but even worse. You know, it's like I I talk about this all the time, treating the root versus the branch. You know, you you take an Advil, your headache goes away, but why did you have the headache in the first place? You know, you're having intense heavy bleeding. The pill stops it, maybe. Sometimes it doesn't even. But why, what systemically is going on in your body right now that is causing that? Number four, when we put young girls especially on synthetic hormones, I mean, synthetic hormones are not good for anyone's body, but especially, you know, girls who are just getting their periods and immediately go on birth control to regulate them when they're still developing and and their bodies are starting to try to regulate their normal hormones for the first time, it can cause really deep, long-lasting damage to their systems. And number five, the biggest lie of all (laughs) that we're told that you can get pregnant anytime, you can really only get pregnant when you're ovulating. And yes, there's always a chance, and so it's always good to be careful, but truly the way our bodies work, 99% of the time, it's when you're ovulating. And yet, we're placed on something completely unnatural that suppresses our hormones all day, every day, even though it's a small window when there's actually conception potential. So (laughs) this whole story that I just told you led me to do massive research and find out information about this. And it wasn't on the internet. Believe me, I Googled it. It was not like easily available. So, you know, I've asked around to other practitioners. I have sought out podcasts and books from a relatively small number of women who are openly talking about this topic. And I, I aim typically to never use the word should in my vocabulary. Like I should do something. I shouldn't do something else. And I'm saying openly and loudly now that the way we manage women's health and menstruation should not be this way. We need readily available education about the realities of birth control and what it does to our bodies. We need to know the realities of fertility and be taught alternative methods to stay safe. We need to be learning about our hormones and holistic options to actually facilitate deep actual healing and and actual hormone regulation versus just putting a Band-Aid over it. Now, I will say this. I know that I just said a lot about Western medicine, and I am certainly not here to bash doctors or, you know, hate on that, that position because they... They do what they have been trained to do and what they know to the very best of their ability. So that's what they've been trained to do. You know, we, I did not have any of the information about Chinese medicine until I got trained to do it. And this is how the general Western medical model works. And also, if you are a woman who wants to take birth control, I'm, I'm not here to tell you not to. It is your body and it is your choice. And I'm sharing this episode, the purpose of sharing this information and my story of all the kinds of birth control and all the side effects, I'm sharing this today because 
I'm one of countless women who just hopped on the birth control train and hopped from one to another with a horrible experience for years and years and years because I didn't know better. I didn't have the information. And if I had, I probably would have made very different decisions about my reproductive health. But I know now, and I'm happy to say that I'm hopping off the birth control train for good. I am working with diet and pelvic PT and acupuncture and vaginal steaming to calm my body down, to clear inflammation, and to rebalance my hormones. I'm tracking my cycle for the first time in my life and feel more in tune and connected with my body and my personal power than ever before. So if you don't resonate with this story and you love birth control and you want to keep taking it, more power to you, girl. Go for it. And if you resonate with my story, even part of it, I want you to know that this is a topic that I'm going to continue learning about and putting out as much information as I can about because women deserve to be connected to their bodies and to have all the information so that they can make informed decisions about their bodies and their reproductive health one way or another. It's incredibly 100% your choice with how you want to do that and do it with the information. No, you know, so just it's it's staggering how many women are just blindly led to birth control and never get off of it and and don't know all of the information about it one way or another. So if you have any questions or you want to continue this conversation, feel free to email me. I would love to hear from you. And until next time, my friends, be well and never, ever, ever stop advocating for yourself or your health. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you've heard, it would be everything if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It is my goal to spread as much healing energy and education as possible. And every little bit helps. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, namaste.